0: You going to do the
1: ad? I'm doing the ad right now, Andy. You're Thanks for asking. Hey, doing, Andy? This ad? episode is... You're asking again. Andy, I'm doing it. Am probably. I ruining it? You're, ru- you're not ruining. I think you're helping. Oh, good. Uh, Andy's ruining the ad. Can you believe it or not? That's right. This episode is brought to you by the good folks at Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California at Hollywood and Highland. The crossroads of entertainment. <laughs> Such a great
0: phrase that means I uh,
1: invented it. Uh, you can use it if you'd like, uh, Hollywood. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, do you get credit for it? Like when uh, when uh,
0: Paris Hilton tried to uh, tried to uh, um, oh, trademark the
1: the phrase "That's hot." <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to trademark something that no one will say. The crossroads of entertainment. Uh, so listen. You know it's the uh, spring break's coming. You're looking for things to do. Well, have I got a place for you to go? It's the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium in Hollywood, California. If you're like, man, I don't know. It seems like uh, I want to do something on the cheap. Well, guess what? If you mention Star Trek, the next conversation at the uh, ticket purchasing desk, you will be given a buy one get one free. That's right. Mention TNC, get buy one get one free. I almost said that as a sentence but you know what I'm saying guys $20 admission after 5pm if you mention the podcast and uh, you can choose to believe it or not thank you everyone at Ripley's for believing in us agreed in spite of me. uh huh welcome to star trek the next conversation i am matt i am andy we are three deep into season three of star trek the next generation andy i believe uh, has lost all enthusiasm for this show uh not accurate as a
0: matter of fact i was driving here today thinking how happy i was that we were back
1: into season three uh no doing the show oh just back uh, right well we have time yeah. That's the beauty of time, everybody. You get um, more podcasts, we do more podcasts. Oh, I was going to say, actually, I think at a certain point,
0: I was enjoying doing the podcast, I would say for the first two seasons I had this experience, and I and doing watching the show was just sort of like something I appreciated because it would lead to the podcast, but it wasn't something... It wasn't like, oh boy, I got to sit down and watch Star yeah. Trek the next... And this is... This is the first episode that I found myself going, I'm really
1: looking forward to watching the next episode. Oh, it's turning a corner for you. It where is. Where it's not just about homework. Yeah. Uh, it's still homework to me. And uh, uh-huh. you know what? There's no better homework to be doing. So you don't have at this point the the joy of when you sit down and it's like slipping on an old pair of socks or whatever. I will in two episodes when we watch Booby Trap, one of my all-time favorite episodes of Star Trek. Gotcha. Um Which is, I I think I'm in, like, the minority on loving Booby Trap so much, but uh, maybe you'll see why I like it, maybe you won't, but I'm I'm looking forward to that kind of a thing. And uh, very excited about the rest of this series. There's so much to enjoy.
0: Well, Matt, let's hear about some of the other people that are excited about this series.
1: Could I choose leave a five-story? how do they get into the admiral's club all they have to do is go online and leave a five-star review and join the admiral's club i just said all the lyrics to that jingle (laughs) you did it really is unnecessary for me to
0: to even ask you it's just sort of ceremony at this point uh six degrees of podcasting from longing for more as tng gets better each season i hope this podcast stays the same i can't wait to continue the mission Disengaged log supplement. There's no way Matt makes it through all seven seasons. (laughs) (laughs) An interesting theory.
1: A log supplement for an iTunes review. That's fantastic. Uh, Yay! You are back by
0: Soul Crop. I'm so happy. Loads of nerdy fun. Nerdy uh, fun. I'm a terrible podcaster. From Melody, um, I miss you guys so much. On the break, that I replayed the previous podcast. I also listened to most of the James Bonding. Mm-hmm. Most of
1: James Bonding. Sure. And I've only ever watched the Brosnan Bond movies. Wow. How do you feel about that? I feel like you and I get along, but you and Matt Gorley see things a little bit differently. (laughs) Five stars from this American
0: living in Australia um, way back uh, in March 2017. I think she means having listened to the show. You Uh two seem like genuinely good guys and you deserve to be more successful than you already are. I... Don't know if I agree That we're good guys But I do agree That we should be More successful Than we already are (laughs) Oops they're doing it again From Jet Jaguar 1964 I only recently Discovered this one Through James Bonding And burned through Every episode Uh, This means I only Caught up a couple Of weeks before The triumphant return And was spared The long dark night Of no content I love the balance Of fandom versus critique And a podcasting Professional (laughs)
3: <laughs> what a terrible
0: word to <laughs> trip over. Podcast professionalism versus let's uh, keep all of the mistakes and throw it out there. Like, we know which side I'm falling on yeah. in that sentence. Uh, on the side note, everyone keeps telling Andy to hang in there as the good stuff is coming. While this is true, I have to say that I'm a little disappointed. I'll be a little disappointed when Next Gen turns good as my favorite episodes of the podcast have been the ones where the show is still floundering. I'll miss the declarations of, why is this scene here? And what were they thinking? Great to have you guys back. They'll be back. Don't you worry. I'm happy to hear that I can look forward to hearing you more regularly. Um, uh, Created an account just post a five-star review from Lewis R. Martin. Um, Matt and Andy helped reinvigorate my passion for Star Trek. I just wanted to give that guy credit because he just created an account just for us. And the last one is OMG. It's that guy and his friend from Lizard. Um, so, my favorite podcast, binged it, loved it, glad it exists, TNG Rules. Who do you think that guy is, Matt, and who do you think his friend is? You're probably that guy, right? Always. I'm always that guy. Uh-huh. Um, no United Federation of Planets president circle this week. Well, we just recorded last night. But you know what? It would have been sense. nice to see somebody. No, I understand. It totally makes sense.
1: Um And... That was the Admirals Club.
0: There you go. We don't even need to hear it. Um, and now we're going into hails. <laughs> you don't want to do it?
1: Oh. no! I... Captain, Captain we are being hailed. hailed. Open up the hail bag. <laughs> whoop, whoop. It
0: still seems funny to me. Uh, as you can tell, because I'm... Laughing uproariously uh, at myself, Sandal Masson writes us, Andy. I don't know if this is something you guys would know, but as I, oh, I'm I'm sharing this with you, Matt, because you're such a such a, a uniform a fetishist. But as per the uniforms being too short. Do you guys know if they had ballet loops to keep the jacket from riding up as much? Ballet loops are loops of elastic sewn to a jacket or bodice, and then it's looped around a button or pants or a skirt. It helps pull things down that want to ride up. We use it in costuming all the time, especially ballet, hence the name. Uh, I'm going to get an answer for you within the minute. I'm sorry. I'm, I was certain that you would. Um, you can uh, buy a little time by listening to uh, this delightful... Uh, is this the one? Time oh, man, I am on fire dun, today. Dun, 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 dun.
1: The only prime, prime corrective is me. That's Oh, I thought was there was a prime corrective coming. No but prime prime then I corrective. conceivably, how would that be possible? Yeah. Because uh, the episode we recorded last week for last week's episode was actually recorded yesterday okay
0: this is a voicemail it's a little bit long but Finally. I found it very interesting so any business you gotta do during
1: this oh no, I've it. done the business okay so I'm gonna listen hey,
4: Matt and Andy uh, this is Peter from uh, I'm calling into 816 uh, TNC from the actual 816 area code nice here in local Kansas call City, Missouri.
0: Kansas City Missouri um, the home I office I
4: share something with you guys um, relevant to something you were talking about in last week's evolution episode Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was uh, reading or listening to the audiobook of the new book by Steven Pinker, who's like a linguist, philosopher, brain researcher, all-around smarty pants guy, who writer, who, who has written a bunch of really cool books. So anyway, I want to share a couple sentences with you from Chapter 5 of this new book, Enlightenment Now. Um, they're, they're a little long, but um, it'll pay off in hand, I promise. So okay. here we go. Steven Pinker, Enlightenment Now, Chapter 25. The so-called hard problem of consciousness, why it subjectively feels like something to each one of us who is conscious, with red looking like red and salt tasting salty, is hard, not just because it is a recalcitrant scientific topic, but because it is a head-scratching conceptual enigma. It includes brain teasers, such as whether my red is the same as your red, Uh what it is like to be a bat whether there could be zombies, people indistinguishable from you and me, but with no one home. And if so, is everyone but me a zombie? Whether a perfectly lifelike robot would be conscious, there's a Star Trek thing, whether I could achieve immortality by uploading my brain's connectome to the cloud, and whether the Star Trek transporter really transports Captain Kirk to the planetary surface or murders him and reconstitutes a twin. So No solution uh, there, but I think it um, shows that you guys are really on the forefront, uh, cutting edge of um, <laughs> philosophy and brain research, so um, you know, I'm going to keep tuning in to uh, see what insights you guys have to shed on uh, the mysteries of the world. Uh, you're doing a great job. Thanks a lot.
1: Thank you. Very excited to be at the forefront of anything, Andy. We are at the forefront of thought. We are. We really
0: kick it around and come up with nothing and then the last uh, we ask the big questions we do I really would love to dig in more to the question of the transporter um, and, and really figure it out even though I know in the end you know well, a lot of it's probably sci-fi gobbledygook. And on that note, Simon DeVette wrote us. Andy, they all write to me directly. <laughs> no. Well, they know. they know what's happening. As a writer, I think you'll appreciate this selection from the original series Writer's Guide. We maintain – this is also about the um, the transporter. We maintain a fast pace. Avoid long philosophical exchanges or tedious explanations of equipment. Uh, and note that our cutting technique is to use the shortest possible time between idea and execution of it. Like, for instance, Kirk decides the landing party will transport uh, down to the planet. Hard cut to lights blinking on the transporter console. Pull back to reveal the landing party stepping into the transporter. And then Simon writes, how does a transporter
1: work? It saves time and money. That's how. Which I thought was funny. <laughs> uh, that's uh, funny. Why not just cut to the bo- to the planet and let them beam in? Yeah. You know? true. I could save them more time.
5: That wasn't
0: that bad, was it, Matt? I'm dead. <laughs> oh. Armus killed me. Oh.
1: I just wanted to be written more, but they decided that they could kill me. So they did. It did make room
0: for more character development, much as I like Tasha Yar. Listen, you've
1: got seven main cast members to, to write to here. And not you know It was eight with her. Shall we find out what Nine, happened? really? If you're counting Wesley. He's the ninth? Re- isn't he? I don't know. If you're counting Tasha Yar and Wesley. Oh, wow, that's a then it's lot seven. of characters. I
0: mean, come on. Come, we come on. We've got problems servicing five characters. I know. I know. And then we keep making deals with other characters. And it's like, oh, we got to cram X
1: actor into this, even though he doesn't fit. Um, uh, God bless. The them. answer on the ballet loops is yes. You're welcome. They they did
0: use ballet loops. Yep. Well, there you go. Immediate immediate answers to your question. That's that
1: John Cooley know-how. I gotta get
0: in contact with the writers on of Next Gen so I can ask stupid questions that come into my head about
1: them. I the was asking. You know. Um, uni- uni- I was telling uniforms. Frakes. I was talking to Frakes, and I said that the person i would most like to have at a convention that i could ask questions to is a line producer of tng oh yeah (laughs) like i I would love to know the line budget i would love to i would have so many questions what were you spending on catering (laughs) when was it a lot what was the most you ever paid a guest star who was it uh it just like I have so many questions. Does
0: have any dietary restrictions?
1: Was uh, Ensign Rowe recurring? Uh, what was her? Oh, that would you know? be fascinating. So many questions. So can't many questions. Wait, can't wait till also we get I to asked. Ensign Rowe. I asked. I told. I was. I told him. I was like our um, Chief O'Brien conundrum Uh huh. of he doesn't say anything in the pilot, or rather, he doesn't have a name in the pilot. Right. He's finally given a name in a different uniform. Yeah. Is it the same character? Who gets the character payment? And he was like, oh, that's a really good question. And then I was like, and who gets the character payment for Moriarty? Arthur yeah. Conan Doyle? He was like, Whoa! <laughs> oh, "Wow, Wow. Oh, you got him on your side. It gives me no
0: end of delight to think of you just sitting there shooting the shit with
1: Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> it is crazy. What a fan's dream. I should get him to uh, leave us voicemails. Ah, oh, that would be Great. That'd be so great. I should do that. Um, Andy, you had, this, a, you had a question? This in Trek history was what we're up to. Oh, you okay. Well, let to... me tell you about this episode because it aired in October of 1989 and the exact date was October. Oops, I'm backwards. Aye, 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 aye. Nope. No. Oh, I'm going the wrong way. I think maybe you're right on October 9th. Did I tell you earlier it was October 9th? Yes, I yes it was October 9th, 1989. <laughs> production number
0: 151. Matt, in that special week um, People in the US were listening to Miss You Much Again by Janet Jackson Sounded something like this By Miss Jackson if you're nasty Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In UK, Ride on Time by Black Box Was in the top five hits Look Who's Talking, directed by Emmy Heckerling Was, ugh, God, that was terrible Sorry, Miss Heckerling One of the most viewed movies released in 1989 While The Russia House by John le Carré Was one of the best-selling books on TV, people were watching around the world in 80 days. I feel like you increasingly try to drown my voice. No, out I didn't. During this I segment. wasn't doing
1: that. Oh, I wasn't no? doing that. The music. Weirdly, the music was going up in the mm. video to the the pool cue. The guy moved like with the pool cue could be heard. Oh, really? It was very strange.
0: I guess that must be. Uh, what were her two friends' names? The producers, Jimmy Jam. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Um. Uh, if you like video games, you're probably playing Bandit Kings of Ancient China or Harpoon, um, and that's it for the day in Trek history. Oh, wait. Lastly, Penthouse's magazine, Penthouse magazine's Hebrew edition, hit the newsstands. Somehow, popped nice. up.
1: All right. Thank you, Janet. Back to space. Here we go. Uh, all right. This is the Survivors. It was directed by Les Landau, written by Michael Wagner. Answering a distress call from Delta Rana 4, the Enterprise arrives to find the planet ravaged and its 11,000 colonists dead except for two elderly botanists, Rashawn Uxbridge and her unfriendly husband, Kevin. The two say they don't know what... The most unfriendly of names. ...why they were spared death, but they refuse to be evacuated. Then the massive ship that leveled the planet reappears, beginning a cat-and-mouse game with the Enterprise that leads Picard to suspect a connection between the heavily armored ship... And the Uxbridges, the aliens cripple the Enterprise in battle, then return to blast the Uxbridges home. In turn, the Federation starships destroys them. Picard and the couple... I'm sorry, rather. Picard as the couple beamed up to the bridge against their will. There, Kevin finally reveals the truth. He's actually a Dowd, an immortal super-alien disguised as a human. But in all the 53 years they've been married, he has never revealed that fact to his wife. His credo against killing would not let them defend the planet against the aliens, a warrior-like race known as the Husnock.
0: Husnok. Husnok the Husnok.
1: Uh, and his wife is actually just an image after she, too, died in the fighting. Her death enraged Kevin, who used his powers... Uh, he had always denied himself and blinked out the lives of all 50 billion hoosnocks instantaneously without thinking. Not cool Kevin. Stunned at Kevin's crime the sobered and sobered by his shame Picard knows there is no court that can try Kevin and leaves the doubt to his own thoughts and conscience alone.
0: I think I got a lot to say about this episode.
1: Oh good because I don't have a ton to say other than remember her from Mrs. Doubtfire
0: Oh, I remember her from a million things. I'm having an experience as we get into maybe even better or more known guest stars, where it's like with both of these guys, I'm like, there's something deep in my synapses on both of them. Yeah. That's like a movie I've watched a million times, and I looked at both their credits, and outside of the fact that they have both been in everything, like there is, I will rattle them off as as we go, but... Like it's just an endless list of of things that they've been on. um So I don't know if it's just that.
3: Captain's logs. Sorry, I didn't mean to start I that think, at that
0: point. Oh no, I turned that off. I right think now. I might know her from Cheers, Mrs. Gilder, the endless slumper. Do you remember that one?
1: Mm-mm, not offhand
0: like I know... Is it like a support group that Frazier is running? New Red Sox relief pitcher, Rick Walker, is in a slump. It's the one where the guy goes to him and then he gives him his, his charm. <laughs> remember? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know who the lady is. I assume she must have been like a cold open bit or something.
1: I wonder if... Uh, that can't be where you remember her from.
0: Mm, things think sticking in my head in a weird way, but... Um, it's Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't care about
1: Mrs. It's Doubtfire. It's Mrs. Doubtfire, Andy.
0: <laughs> oh. I was obsessed with Hopscotch, so it might have been that. The
1: Game of Hopscotch?
0: is a great movie with Walter Matthau named Hopscotch, which is probably instrumental of why I am obsessed with Mozart, um, which I mentioned on the previous podcast oh
1: yeah when we were uncovering more and more andy facts and because i
0: was convinced i was going to be a wonderkind which was instantly proved wrong when i turned
1: 25 guys don't you think that andy should grow a beard if you think so write into the podcast don't actually write into the podcast oh while we're on the topic of um
0: stuff about the podcast and voting Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, listen to the boredom folks um let's see Andy's projecting
1: his own boredom.
4: Uh,
0: Possibly. Um, The internal, uh, or the vote that went out about the guests, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know if I already announced this, but it came down to, uh, so we were asking, would you, the Star Trek TNC listeners, prefer to hear on the podcast only Matt and Andy's voices, sweet voices, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or occasional guests? And uh, only Matt and Andy, 23%. Occasional guests, 77%. Mm Mm-hmm. I was shocked, and I'm still. And that's 750 people voted. Yeah, I was shocked, and I am still shocked that 23 percent of the people wanted uh, just you and me. I was it, just inconceivable to me.
1: I think the words you use too, "occasional guests," means that there's actually more people that would prefer just us. I know. That's 172 people that said, no guess. I just want I to told hear you. These boring I have a pretty good feel for jamokes. podcasts. And I think this is a pretty good one. Um, disagree. It's enjoyable <laughs> to listen to.
0: Uh-huh.
1: i just I don't know. I've never listened to it. It's no. enjoyable to do. I listen to Dad, it. I know I've done
0: them. I'm a narcissist
1: do you really listen to this podcast
0: i do i listened at the beginning because i was trying to get better that really
1: didn't pay off and uh just getting your own head and then after a while i created some of your neuroses that have made you who you are today as a podcaster
0: i wish i could blame it on the podcast um and the other thing i wanted to say is we had the patreon voting yes we did and you as i recall said if we get a hundred votes then we will do a patreon yeah and uh, I started to count them up, and I was like, I don't think it's going to make it. I think it's going to remain in the 80s. And then I checked a day or two later, and uh, we got uh, 127 votes with, I think, less than a week. When, when did we announce that? Was it two weeks ago? I think it was on the first episode back, right? Oh, there you go. So it was like a week and a half. We got 127 votes. But
1: I said a week. Uh, did you say a week? Didn't I? I? You're the one who listens to it. Yeah. What did I say?
0: I don't listen to your parts.
1: <laughs> I don't remember. Strange.
0: Um,
1: well, if you remember whether he said a week or not, I think it might have hit a week. Well, it's weird because we've recorded a while ago. We've recorded two since then. We're doing our third right now. Right. Did you uh, weirdly, down? a lot of people didn't, uh, didn't. not a lot of people, but a good number of people did not check out the mini-sode. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, granted, minisodes always uh, end up with less anyway. But I want to say to people who are listening to this right now, the minisode is literally it's just the tail end of that podcast that we just forgot to do the Andes and the MVC. So we extended the podcast and got into a real existential debate about Deanna Troy's character. So there's a lot of good content in that. Check it out if you didn't listen to the end of Shades of Grey. It's as true an example of bonus content as there could be. It's basically just more of the podcast. Oh, it literally is more of the podcast. Yeah. So it's interesting. I get Why? the idea. I get the idea of not. I don't listen to mini a lot.
0: No? Why?
1: Because I want more than the time allotted. Like, if I see something that's 30, it's, by the way, it's, a, it's not even mini. It's like, it's like 40 minutes long. Yeah. You just feel like you don't want something to stop? Yeah. I'm like, mm, I don't want a little cake. <laughs> well, that, you finally put it in terms I understand. I want all the cake. I'm not going to look at this little cake. Captain's Log, Stardate
3: 43152.4. We are cautiously entering the Delta Rana star system three days after receiving a distress call from the Federation colony on its fourth planet. The garbled transmission reported the colony under attack from an unidentified spacecraft. Our mission is one of rescue, and if necessary, confrontation with a hostile force.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So, what are you thinking, Andy? What are you thinking? I'm thinking
0: right off the top, and you know we will get through the whole teaser. Great teaser again. Now they're this is the third episode, three for three in the third season. Just so baffling. In the original, the original show, it was it was always built in that they had a really hooky teaser, and I don't understand why it took them two seasons to work out that math again. But they're they they're really doing it now, like really strong teaser again.
5: Captain, I've got something here. Thirty-seven degrees north and
6: sixty-two degrees east. It's a structure.
5: Life, two life forms, possibly human. Put that area on
6: the main viewer. And magnify.
0: Sounds like bad sound on that.
6: The structure is located at the center of the vegetation, sir. An entire
7: planet obliterated except for a few acres of trees and grass and one building.
2: It must be some kind of illusion. Negative.
7: It
0: is
6: as you
7: mm. see. She it.
0: turns out to be right, but it seems like a weird thing to conclude at that point.
1: I agree. I, I, <laughs> thought, I was like, that seems like you're really jumping the gun there, Bev Crusher. Maybe that's how they did it at Starfleet Medical, but you're back on the Enterprise again.
0: <laughs> Haha, my illogical conclusion was right.
7: <laughs> except for a few acres of
1: trees <laughs> well, You and know what my theory is about her.
2: It must be some kind of illusion
3: negative it is as you see it number one i think you had better see who's at home
1: all right so then they head to malibu california (laughs) for the exterior shots here
0: what it looks like
1: Uh, they're at a beach house in malibu and they do uh did you notice the push in they were doing as the beaming was happening Uh, it was an ambitious effect that almost worked uh, on the planet, yeah. When they're beaming into the lawn, yeah, they're moving the camera, oh, which I thought nice. was very, uh, very ambitious. Yeah, I did wonder what the scale would be when they beamed in.
0: Seems like a much smaller house than I would think I would want to spend eternity in.
1: Seems pretty big to me. Well, you have uh, lesser needs than Andy, of course. If you all uh, have ever seen uh, uh, Versailles. That's actually Andy grew up there. That's right. <laughs> Everything seems small. To me now.
7: What can you tell me?
6: The house is a typical settlement structure with adaptations. Thermal properties all seem to conform to known materials. If there are any indicators as to why this particular area has remained intact, I cannot detect them. Or the interior of the house?
5: There is one individual located at the south end of the house, the other toward the north. There is a weapon, a low-yield phaser, non-functional. I would also
1: take down the center wall and make it really flow into the kitchen.
5: The is unwarranted.
7: Stay here. I think I'll try an old
1: They could use some more plants. You know, give it an
0: organic Wait, feeling. Whee! What do you think of Upside Down Riker? Uh, I really enjoyed the way that Frakes plays it. I think it was really, really well comedically performed. Very subtle very strange that this is what the alien chooses to imagine as the defense system
1: well, maybe that was the defense that was the natural defense system for that um he built it himself call it? sure maybe they uh, there was a certain life form on the planet that they like to eat uh-huh. and that was a good way to catch them that's seems cruel yeah, well, these are cruel people.
0: <laughs> All right, we put we, we got the boar hanging upside down. Let's bash it in the head now. Oh no, no <laughs> that's no. the humane way just, of doing they it. Would just
1: cut the uh, artery, let it bleed out. Oh my gosh, that's gross. <laughs> I guess they've gone away. Andy doesn't know how meat oh, is I'm eaten. Sorry. I'm not going to have to do that when I go to Patagonia, am I? Yeah, actually, they ask that you kill
6: everything you eat.
0: Oh no.
2: Could I have your names, please, just for the record? I'm Rashawn Uxbridge, and this is my husband, Kevin.
6: Botanists originally from the aquatic city New Martim Vaz in Earth's Atlantic Ocean residents of the Rana Four colony for five years you madam are 82 years of age and a composer of Tao classical music you sir are 85 years of age and a specialist in symbiotic plant life you have been married for 53 years I memorized the colony register on the way to Rana Four in the event that such information would be needed
1: well you made it awkward here's what I like about that okay you don't have the typical, what's with him? Mm-hmm. He's an android. <laughs> like, you don't, well, have I was, the, you don't have to have that
0: exchange. 100%. I, I was, was braced like, for it. Yeah. And because in the previous episode, there were people that were in the Federation that seemed weirdly, and I guess it's because they've been cut off, mm-hmm. but they seemed like confused about how, you know, it was, it was very unclear how much they understood technology or not. And so I was expecting that because they always face that on a planet, even if they're Federation residents or not. Is it residents? members of the Federation citizens of the Federation Um, and uh, yeah I agree with you it was great that they didn't
7: there's nothing unusual about this house except the fact that it's here what about them
2: they are in reasonably good health both show signs of stress which is understandable considering what they've been through
7: somehow they're different let's get back to the ship we'll take them with us excuse me Mrs. Oxbridge we've got to return to our ship now
2: but I haven't finished fixing your tea commander
7: I'm sorry But we've finished here. Now I can allow time for you and Kevin to pack.
2: What do you mean, pack?
7: You're not thinking of taking us with you, are you? Surely you don't want to remain here. How could you take care of yourselves?
2: Kevin, I can't leave my home. Don't let them do this to us. No one's
7: going to make us leave. You'll be protected on our ship. You could still be in danger here on Rana.
8: Manda, we appreciate your concern, but we're not going.
1: Now do you think he's projecting her to be doing that to, to be saying That's a really good point. to because be saying we
0: can't leave? She's kind of given him crap the whole episode. Kevin, what have you done and da, da 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 and it's like, but she's imaginary. So he's Like is it just an extension of his conscience? I guess so. Uh, it's him her chastising him um as an extension of his chastisement of himself. But uh, yeah, that's really interesting. Are
1: all of the Douds pacifists,
0: or do they, or does he? Because at the end, it's an illusion that's real, so it kind of works like the hol- holodeck, I assume, right? It's matter,
1: or is it fully an illusion? Uh, I think, I think, I think it's physically there. I think it's, uh, I think these Douds are similar to the Q. So then, by the he, way, I'd like to see a Doud Q face off. I someday. was,
0: I was wondering if there was going to be a Q Doud, Doud tie-in, huh? Seems like there's some potential there. Well, um, write that novel. <laughs> I've really got to get going on it. <laughs> I have all this free time. Ah, uh, yes.
1: Patagonia. With. The most inspirational place to write a cued <laughs> out novel. <laughs> that, that people
0: have been clamoring for. Um, uh, go back also, just because I really liked it, to the wharf interaction with um, Kevin.
1: Ah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Guile. Oh, Gall. Cool. Sorry
8: theory are you saying that we were kept alive intentionally yes i don't understand you don't think rishan and i did something that merits survival Do you i mean betrayed the others
7: i'm not accusing you of anything mr oxbridge the attacking force spared you for some reason we'd like to know why now may i go inside
0: I really like that interaction.
2: I'll make everyone a nice cup of tea. We have lovely tea here on Rana. It grows wild almost every.
1: <sighs> Everyone's dead. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Nowhere. I forgot
0: about it. How we May were the I only say, people left attempt on the planet. To
5: hold the away team at bay with a non-functioning weapon was an act of unmitigated gall. Didn't fool you, huh? I admire gall.
0: I love that. Go ahead, pick it up. And I feel like that is uh, uh, like one of the first it's examples of talks. like it's a side conversation. It's mm-hmm. just color, and it's so on point with Worf's character in a charming, interesting way. Mm-hmm. I really think like that's that is the example of the uh, the the next generation that was promised to me
1: protect
2: that own life. I promise you, Andy. What do two botanists in their 80s possess that could possibly aid whoever attacked the planet?
3: We don't know what that enemy needed, Doctor. Love? Fear?
1: Oh, oh this is when it starts. No, nothing. What about this?
0: To this alien? Counselor.
1: The music Councilor box Troy. obviously means something to them. I mean, it's a metaphor for them, Andy. Captain. They're trapped inside that little thing now. They are the waltzing couple. By the way,
0: uh, still no evidence in this episode that uh, Troy has <laughs> many powers. Uh, I mean, yes, she gets blocked out by this music, but you know, she never shows any evidence of saying anything that no one else could have figured out. So I still say she's unaware of the fact that she has no powers. Everyone else In
5: search of the Rodian system has determined that the hostile force that attacked this planet is no longer present. I remember a Starfleet Admiral once saying the same thing about some
3: renegade Andorians in the Triangular System. It turns out that they had dismantled their
5: ship and hidden it. Those Andorians did not have to contend with someone of my thoroughness. I will stake my reputation.
0: I love that, too. I think it's just really great characterization for Worf. He's just—he's cocky. That's Warf what's fun is, about uh, him. He's Warf a cocky
1: is, character that's often wrong. Full-blown, he's lieutenant now. I just noticed.
0: Oh, is that has it happened in between? That's a really nice touch. It's driving me—it's mm? just driving me crazy. Uh, just the guy who plays Kevin uh, Uxbridge, John Anderson. Oh, I think you're—you know who you're thinking of? Who? Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I, was thinking, I think I might have been thinking about <laughs> Sterling Hayden, but uh, but whatever the case, everything. He's in all of these old westerns, The Rifleman. Um, he was in Ride the High Country. Uh, he was in several episodes of the... I wonder if I know him from Twilight Zone. He was in several episodes of the old Twilight Zone. Uh, Perry Mason, Route 66. Force 10 from Navarone. I made that up. He's not in that. He could have been. <laughs> Um, And then more recently, you get into um, Quantum Leap. Um, More recently, you get into this
1: 30-year-old show. The guy's dead now. Of course he is. He
0: was in Silver Spoons. Quincy, uh, MASH, General Addison Collins. I wonder if that's what I know him
1: from. Um, Were you a big MASH head? Uh, Yeah, I love MASH. Were you in the MASH unit? Uh, is, that what, is that what we call ourselves? Yeah, you got are in the mash unit. <laughs> yeah,
5: that's
0: pretty cool. Um, Night Watch, Matlock, mm-hmm, MacGyver, mm-hmm. and his his final performance. What is that? Clicky in Jake and the Fat Man. Do you I hear think it? I, I might have need to turn off my thing.
1: Oh, I thought I did. Jake and the Fat Man was his final appearance. Yeah. Jeez. All right. No, I'm still hearing it uh, we've tried for many years many years we've tried we've tried a number of times to get a Jake and the fat man run in the uh, Goldbergs. Someone was
0: suggesting um, i uh, that you and I uh, when we were talking about um scrubs yeah that in our free time we do a scrubs podcast also and I said I'm going to be if if I have any <laughs> that any would be second crazy. <laughs> For you, maybe that's what our bonus content will be. Is that what you guys want? Yeah. But I said, if I had any any time available uh, in your brain, which I never will until we're both very old, mm-hmm. um, and I'll be long dead. Let's be honest. Um, uh, I would want you, I would want to make you watch The Wire or Game of Thrones first. That Ugh. probably won't happen. Ugh. Yep. Those are so long. They are like literally. And the lady Anne Haney,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as we all know, is from. You know, here let me just let me just theorize this and oh, then we'll man. we'll try and Andy, find it. it. It's Mrs. Doubtfire. stop it. I think Hello
0: she's, she's in that scene. Was in the cheers scene and I and if this is in this episode, then I'm right. Okay. Uh, where it's the two old ladies and they're doing a bit where it's like, I'll just have some tea. Oh, you know what? I'll have a nice lemonade with just a little spritzer. Uh, I'll have it. And then, and then they end with, all right, I'm going to have a boiler boiler maker, blah, blah, blah. And and Carla says, uh, I'll start a tab at the end. Do you remember this scene? Is that a cold open? I think it's cold open. Or I don't know. It might not be. I don't know what, uh, that well. I think uh, it's pretty
1: impressive that I came up with what I came up with. And you think it's from the... What season is that episode?
0: Let's find out. Boring our listeners. No, we're not boring the, our listeners. We're going to play a clip from, from Cheers. All it's right. That'd be
1: great. Okay. Cheers. 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 I had to guess that's sort of like season six or eight
0: Endless Summer. And it is. Uh, uh, do they not have it on?
1: Endless Summer?
0: It's December 2nd, 1982.
1: Oh, that's going to be season one. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was season one. Endless Summer. Yep, I see it. Okay, it's uh, episode 10. Okay. Season one. And, and we are looking for... A scene with two old ladies sitting at a table with Carla, and it's near the door. <laughs> this is going to be very impressive, everybody. And I hope some of you are... Excited about this.
2: Excuse me. Yep. Second I'm here in response to the ad in the newspaper about a Mrs. Uh, a Tortelli's children. Oh. Oh no, she's there
1: again. to babysit. She's in the cold open, though. No, <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm Never mind. off.
2: My Carla? Yeah. What is
7: it? Is the lady here to see you? Oh
2: yeah. Uh, oh, I'm Miss Gilder. Uh, we spoke earlier about your ad for a tutor.
0: Oh, I remember this one yeah. too. Yeah, yeah.
4: Have a seat over there, and we'll talk. I'm taking five.
2: Okay. Uh, Here are my resume and references, Mrs. Tortelli. You will see that I teach all subjects. I have a great deal of experience. And if I may say so myself, I am very highly recommended by those for whom I worked. Forget that. Have you ever been in any major military skirmishes? (laughs) What? Look, it's very important that I know that you can handle yourself. Just stand up for a minute. Give me one. Give you one
4: what? Your best shot. Right here. Cold cock me, honey. <laughs> <Please> don't <laughs> hold that.
0: Wait, sir. What oh, yeah. <laughs> a great show.
2: Gone. You don't really expect me to strike you. <laughs> Six bucks an hour. Great shot. down here and we'll work out the details.
1: Six bucks an hour. There you go. More than uh, and I was wrong. Wage.
0: I didn't do it. It's okay. Oh,
1: wow. It's okay. We took a cheers detour. I'm always happy to take a cheers detour. Sure. No identity to it.
7: Its design is completely foreign. But that's our boy. Approximately five times our mass and carrying enough armament to pulverize a planet.
3: Lieutenant?
5: I, uh. cannot explain this, Captain. It's heading for the planet. hating frequencies. Open.
3: Data. Ask them to identify themselves and match our orbit.
6: They have received the message, Captain, but are ignoring it. Maximum shields, ready all weapon systems. Aye, sir. I love the
7: calmness.
0: Be of Don't the be card. surprised
5: if the vessel is firing jacketed streams of positrons and anti-protons. Equivalent firepower, forty megawatts. Shields are holding. Again, 40 megawatts. No damage. Well, if that's the best they can do,
3: this should last about five minutes. Mr. Wolf, <laughs> let's raise our voice a little. Fire phasers, just a warning shot. Mr. Data, invite them to stand, too.
1: Andy likes phasers. The vessel is a oh,
6: it's position so great. outside of the Rana system, and it is rapidly increasing velocity. Helm, initiate pursuit. Aye, sir.
0: Just badass, so badass. Like the invite them to stand too, um, and the uh, and let's raise our voice a little. The calmness of like the, just a true naval commander, kicking ass, totally at home in his environment. I love the military stuff. I love how it goes back and forth between Riker and him, and Riker is you know making all the all the little decisions along the way while he's seeing the big picture. I love how everyone is at their station doing, you know... It's just like this is why they're the flagship. Do we establish they are the flagship?
1: They, I are, they are the flagship. Of this the flagship. is
0: why they're the, they're the best in the fleet. And they're acting like that. And up till now, I feel like they always seem a little bit befuddled. And this is what they should have been the whole time. And even the character stuff with Worf and that he's like has total confidence to a cocky degree in his abilities. And then when he's proved wrong, he has to kind of emotionally deal with it. Mm-hmm. It's just really
1: well done. The end. You heard that, everybody. It's just really <laughs> well done. Not like a steak. That's gonna go on uh, their DVD box set now. <laughs> and he's not their VHS. Warp eight point seven
5: five. Warp nine. The warship continues to match our acceleration curve perfectly.
3: Number one, I have the distinct impression that we're being toyed with Take us back to Rana 4 Back? We have unfinished business there I need to have a talk with those two people You have the bridge
7: Reduce speed, bring us around on a return course This one's getting away
0: I love that I love that he's a little bit disappointed because he wanted to kick more ass, <laughs> and uh, and I really think you know. Look, we've seen the the episodes where it's like, "What's the mystery?" Oh, we're slowly unraveling it. That's like in so many episodes, but it's really that's what this one is. I, I'm so, I know, but oh. I feel like in this episode, it's very well modulated how they unravel the information piece by piece and 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 Picard seems like he's not one step ahead but he's taking in the information and you see why he's thinking what he's thinking at every step of the way mm-hmm. as opposed to moves like you know Beverly going perhaps it's an illusion you know it's just like which i think was the whole series before it's just like what why are they doing that I mean, not the whole series
1: but a lot of it why would you say that <laughs> That it's logic, I mean. Or nothing. illusion, rather. Yeah.
3: You will need, if you're going to stay on Rana Four, it's a matter replicator. It has limited capabilities, but... Thank course, you, but we have
8: no use for such a thing. It will
3: provide you with clothing, food, and clean water. Lieutenant Wharf will demonstrate its operation. We don't need it.
2: Kevin, you know we do. Thank you, Captain. Kevin and I, were about to have afternoon tea. You and Mr. Wharf must join us.
8: I'd like that very much. Sean, they only want to spy on us like this morning.
2: Kevin Uxbridge, I have never turned anyone away from this house, and I'm not going to start now. Captain? Thank you.
1: Meanwhile, in Troy's... Uh, He's, He's really imagining his wife to I be a real pain.
2: <laughs> I can get you to sleep. I don't want to sleep. The music will only follow me. I can induce delta to sleep, block out even your deepest dreams. It's not a dream. It's real. That he has
0: ever recovered was that, that the thing. was Was that the scene with the uh, the weird bro that was in her quarters <laughs> holding her? The nurse, yeah, the nurse, yeah, seemed weird. And they shot him in an ominous way. <laughs> um, play from 1740. That's way back. All right. Just relax. Everything's fine. Is it?
5: for
7: no. point. Warp 4.5. Warp five. No. Oh. 5.5. Riker of the forge. Give us everything you can to close that gap, Jordy. Yes, sir. I'll get you to nine point three seven in fifteen seconds.
0: I just like Jordy. Jordy's so hard right now.
6: He's yeah, so excited. give it.
0: Give you everything. It's excited. He finally has something to do. You, me, you, and me. Warp core. Yeah, I would say that. I would say this is just a an exemplary episode um in terms of. Characterization and Geordie obviously gets the short end of the stick, he doesn't get that much to do, but everybody else is handled really well. I
2: don't think that he has ever recovered from that day. Well, what do you think, Mr. Wharf?
5: This is a strange digression. Good tea, nice house. Why you leave the earth and come to a
3: brand new planet when you did? You mean at our age? Well, I wasn't going to say.
2: Well, we thought that it might make us fall in love all over again. It worked,
3: That's except for me being an illusion.
2: Colony was fighting for its life. Yes, it was. Fires lit the sky. It was thunder. This, this unbelievable thunder. The ground never stopped shaking. Like it at the did.
1: Disney theme park during the fireworks. Who survived? Or mid-afternoon in Orlando. Yeah It's always done
2: Is that true?
1: Yeah
8: like
2: I've tried to put some purpose to it But I can't I was wondering,
8: Captain When you and your ship Would be leaving I don't have an answer for that
3: A few hours ago We encountered a warship Possibly the one that attacked you We forced it to leave the system But we were not able to affect it otherwise
1: Mm, he's really putting it together here. Sure I have
6: a positive identification, Commander. It is the vessel that attacked us earlier. It is re-entering the system at high velocity and is approaching Rana 4. Give us a tight visual data.
1: Is that tight enough for you, Commander? Is my
7: imagination or does it look a lot meaner this time?
1: Do you want me to put a fun Shields filter on up. it? Weapons ready. Right, it's lit Our on friend the corner. Is back.
5: Not surprised. Mr. Wolf, open a hailing frequency. Form the vessel to stay clear to the planet. Aye, sir. But they are already within firing range. Shields are down. Captain, they hit us with 400 gigawatts of particle energy. Damage? Superficial. But I'm having trouble reassembling the
6: shields. Shields down. There's thermal damage to the hull. The warship is capable of striking us with far more powerful bursts.
4: They're maneuvering to come between the Enterprise and Rana 4.
6: Number one, we have been exemplary
7: in
3: our patience. So, badass.
7: fire phases on full with a simultaneous spread of torpedoes.
6: <laughs> the vessel appears undamaged, sir. Its defenses are apparently able to absorb incoming matter and energy. Commence rapid fire with all weapons on full.
1: Yeah. Shooting, shooting. <laughs> That's all I ever wanted, everyone.
5: Whoopsie! Explosions and shooting! Internal damage. Weapon systems control has been lost. Riker to sickbay. Medical assistance to the bridge. On our way, Commander.
3: Mr. Crusher, we'll be enterprise out of range of the attacking vessel. Aye, sir. Shot of Sad Wharf. <laughs>
6: <laughs> what? We're leaving.
0: Uh, so satisfying. And that... Uh, that um I think we've been exemplary in our patience. Mm-hmm, oh, man. Mm-hmm. That's good writing. And That's so great for Picard. You don't get to see him kind of be a confident battle commander a lot. At least you haven't up
1: till this point. Right. You certainly don't in the first two seasons. Really, really? enjoy it a lot. Captain Bridge. Yes, Captain. It's more like Kirk. Number
3: one, I want you to maintain this course for another hour and then turn the Enterprise around take it back to Rutherford. We still won't have our shield restored by that. Take it back, number one. And this time, nothing is going to lure us away.
1: Then he and Worf beam down.
3: Why do you keep interfering with our lives, Captain? It is not my intention to interfere, only to help you and Rishon. Then please, leave us alone. I promise you that when I leave this house, I will never set foot in it again. But the Enterprise will remain in orbit over the planet. Why? To protect you. That's not necessary.
0: Ooh, he breaks his promise. I thought you understood. No, he doesn't. He it does step
3: it
1: again. No, he doesn't.
3: You're in grave danger. This is the last time. Warship he beams him aboard next time.
2: Kevin.
8: He's lying, Rashad. You're right. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> Picard,
3: a Captain Picard's
1: not going to fucking
0: break a promise. Oh, a promise. It's Captain Picard. Oh, that, is fucking, that,
8: that is fucking, that is some nice, nice logic there, buddy. Intimidation. I have my rights.
3: Your rights. What about Rishon Is she in favor of being left here? Come to the Enterprise
2: with me. Let me take you. Run away with me.
1: No. You can watch the Tortellis.
2: (laughs) I can't leave Kevin. (laughs) I'm staying.
0: What if I gave you six bucks an hour?
2: Me.
3: Why are you safe? Why is this house a sanctuary? Does it have to do with you, with your refusal to fight? Tell me this. If Rishon were in danger, would you kill to save her
8: life? No, not for her. Not for anyone.
2: I will not kill. Please stop hurting him.
1: It's quite a puzzle, you know? Yeah. I remember myself going... I don't remember the end of this episode. Oh, <laughs> well, that's fun! Yeah. So here, maybe we go. it was
0: Eight Men Out that I know him from. He was Judge. Activate the yes. I think that might have been
5: sticking
1: my head. Under attack again. Give
5: us action, sir. The Enterprise will hold its position, Mister Wolf. Weapons, sir.
3: On my orders, not before.
6: The vessel is entering a low orbit around Rana 4. It appears to be preparing to fire at the planet, Captain. Understood. My calculations indicate that its target is the house of Kevin and Roshan Uxbridge. There
3: will be no interference from us, Mr. Data.
1: Working on a hunch.
7: Yep. The Uxbridges have been
3: destroyed. There's no reason for the Enterprise to remain. Good. Helm, move us in a higher orbit so that we may keep the surface of the planet
4: under surveillance. Aye, sir. But, Captain, what are we watching for?
3: Anything. Everything. I'll be in my ready room if I'm needed. That will be all for now. (laughs) Captain is acting on an assumption. Well and I'm not sure what the result will be or even that my assumption is correct we found two people alive in a house on a devastated planet but there was only one survivor of the war on
1: who was it? right? I'm like mm, was it me? Um, uh, oh, just two
0: things that I forgot um, Not that big a deal But as soon as they see the uh, the uh, the alien ship mm-hmm. um, Wesley goes, look at the size of that In a way that's almost identical to, to Luke's
1: Look at the size of that thing
0: And I wondered if it was an intentional reference
1: Oh, that's a good question My guess is yes, knowing Will
0: the other thing is at about 41 and you're going to have to look at this uh, there's a lot of focus issues that I've been noticing in Next Generation I wonder if it was because they figured it was going to be so small on people's televisions and not like we're watching them they're like, meh, close enough because like, there's a clear close up of Kevin's face where his the front of his face is out of focus and his ears are in focus <laughs> I'm just like, dude fucking take another second, measure from the camera
1: get it done
0: at the end of that act break,
1: right there, yeah, when the camera like it zoom, does this zoom. crazy zoom on, on, Riker. on Riker, so like, weird. Well, you don't have time for that zoom. What are you doing? So weird. Is it just to punctuate
0: the end? Because when 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 well, Picard it, walks away, that's him. enough of a cut to him. Then,
1: yeah. If you want to if you want to punctuate on Riker, just cut to him. Yeah, or cover it another way. Is that Cliff Bowles again? No, yeah, this is left. Less Landau. Less Landau. Come on, Less Landau. Get your shit together. I feel like I know that name, though. So, um. You're thinking of
0: uh, Martin Landau, <laughs> Juliet Landau. <laughs> could be. Who's Juliet Lando? Mister Wolf. She was Drusilla And
5: Buffy. I detect two life forms inside daughter. the house. Drusilla. It appears Kevin and Rashan were not destroyed. Helm, take us within transporter range. We're going to beam them aboard directly onto the
3: bridge.
6: But, Captain, will they not protest?
1: Let them. I like when Picard's tired of things.
3: My Apologies if I interrupted a waltz.
2: Why have you brought us here against our will?
3: I want to end the suffering of one of my crew members.
2: I don't understand.
3: Kevin does. He's the cause. Therefore, you probably At first should, I too. I didn't understand why your house survived the Holocaust when the others hadn't. Then it occurred to me it had been destroyed that dwelling where you served me tea where you danced your waltzes was a reproduction real to the touch but capable of being created destroyed and created all in a whim
2: you're joking with this captain can't you see this is hurting my husband rishan hear what he has to say
3: More than anything else, you wanted the Enterprise Mm. away from Rahn. He's deducing. Because the house, the plot of land, your very existence were incongruities that you were not prepared to explain. The warship, another recreation, tried to chase us away twice and failed. But when I came to your house the second time, I provided you with the only condition that would make the Enterprise leave, your deaths. You did your best to satisfy that condition. I'm deeply sorry about the woman.
8: We will only leave I will if her. I
0: go up to the Enterprise, and there's I a
3: million dollars do in gold me, press latinum there. You'll be taken All right, to the Starbase and held responsible for the attack on the Enterprise and possibly
8: the deaths of 11,000 people.
2: No. He never killed anyone.
8: The destruction of the planet happened just as I told you. But you
3: haven't told us the whole story, how it ended, the part about
2: Rishon. What is he saying?
3: Rishon, is this Is spooky, this part? I can touch you. I can hear your voice. I can smell your perfume. In every respect, you are a real person with your own mind beliefs, but you do not exist. You died along with the others defending the colony. He recreated you just as he recreated the house. Such a weird... (laughs) Weird dissolve.
1: Yeah, It's a good effect, but it's what happens with the douse. It's very uh,
0: weird for him to address that whole thing to her when he knows she's not real. You're not. Matt, I have something to tell you. In every respect. Please.
1: Please, Please <laughs> let it be boy. me. Let Please let it be me. <laughs> he is dangerous.
0: So- <laughs> I do not exist.
3: Dangerous, Mr. Warfare. He could have destroyed us in an instant, had he wished. Track him. I'll let the crew to keep clear of him. I want him to understand. We mean him no harm. Will he...
1: hmm Uh... All right. I mean do you want I guess we should hear his uh his thing.
0: Yeah, I actually think this scene is really well played by John Anderson. He's really quite an actor. And I wondered if they had to establish that the show was getting better and was decent before they got people of this quality or if it was more of like i mean look at hurley the, was a bad choice no, look of at the actors original series
1: it was uh, they got good guest cards all the time well they did but this
0: was a new series i think it might have been just the because I, I feel like you can always get good actors it's just a matter of whether you choose the right actors so it might have been hurley that was saying like i don't
1: i don't like him she's not playing it broad enough do you think that anyone was bad as a guest star Yes, they were. Yeah, I,
0: feel like they were yeah.
1: I feel like it's it's wide variation.
8: Yeah. It will guy? continue I have by the this way. galaxy for many thousands of years. Although until the day, no one has known my true identity. Once, while traveling in human form, I chanced to fall in love with an Earth woman. I put aside my powers and became her husband. Our life was happy and rich. Sarah looks eventually cute. we came to this planet to live our final years. Now she is dead. she never knew what I really was. The colony was attacked by a warship belonging to the husnak a species of hideous intelligence knew only aggression and destruction. I could have destroyed them. The mere thought, but I did not do so.
2: You had the power to stop them, but you didn't.
8: I refused to, for the same reason that I refused to stop the Enterprise. I will not kill Batman. This so guy's like Batman. i omnipotent,
0: <laughs> Batman. Batman.
8: I tried to fool the Hushnock, as I tried to fool you. By the way only
0: Side note He's a terrible fooler For an immortal person Whose main ability Is to create illusions
4: mm. He left
0: a lot of holes In his fooling
3: More cruel And then what you most feared Happened Rishon went to fight With the colonists And died with them
8: Oh, I wish I could have died with her but you couldn't you were left alone look at the scene yes. two pros I saw her broken body I went insane my hatred exploded and in an instant of grief I destroyed the Husnak.
2: Why did you try to hide this from all of us? Was it out of guilt for not helping Rishon and the others when they were alive?
8: No, 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 no. You you don't understand the scope of my crime. I didn't kill just one Husnak or a hundred or a thousand. I killed them all. all Hussnach everywhere. Are 11,000 people worth 50 billion? It's the love of a woman worth the destruction of an entire species. This is the sin I tried so hard to keep you from learning now why I wanted to chase you from Rana. yes
3: yeah, such not a qualified to be your judges we have no law to fit your crime
1: Peace
0: such a such a just one of the best scenes I've seen on this show
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, just
0: an mm-hmm. acting clinic um, and so well written. And uh, I have to address this. Um, I immediately liked this, this scene. And, and just the, the general structure of this episode is so tight. And, you know, they, as I said, they have these puzzles all the time. This was so well laid out. even you know, there's certain things like, you know, he wasn't that great a fooler, even though he was immortal. Generally speaking, everything adds up. It makes sense. And then you lead to this reveal at the end. And it's it pays off. Usually, you get to the reveal at the end. And, you know, the episode's just are sort of like, all right, it's over. We're going to leave. He killed a species. Uh-huh. It was justified in some, you know, grief way, uh, and they were like a hostile species. But obviously, he com- he would have lost his mind. Um, it's just such a great reveal. Um, and I thought Michael Wagner, who wrote the episode. Did an amazing job And I was like Ooh What other episodes Did he write And uh, And Cliff Bull Has this Thing he says about him Um, He was He he wrote three episodes In the third season Mm Mm-hmm have we seen them yet? No, we have, we're just in the third season. Um, and he was it's the only one he got sole credit on, I believe. He was a co-executive producer just for the first four episodes until he left production. On Wagner's brief tenure of the Next Generation, Cliff Ball remarked, "I just don't think it was his cup as tea, as well as as far as the way the show worked and the way that Rick and everybody knows the show so well that they all rely on each other. Input even comes from the technical guys who have uh, almost been in space. I don't think it was the way he'd been operating in other places." So it's such a strange thing to read after going, after thinking this episode was so solid all around, and I do wonder if Rick Berman was really like took the reins from him because it was off, it was off track, and then everybody else rewrote it so it was this good, or what? Hmm. Usually in a drama, the the writer has a lot more hands on it than in a in a comedy show. We may never know. Well, you're wrong because I'm going to get these people into my phone and I'm going to ask them all these questions. I'm
1: getting you're going to shrink these people down into your phone. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to turn them into nanites. This and I'm seems st- like a
3: bizarre
1: phone. move. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if you can stop me. Captain's Cliff final. Bowl. Captain's final log. Here we go. All
3: impulse. Captain's log. Stardate 43153.7. We are departing the Rana system for Starbase 133. We leave behind a being of extraordinary power and conscience. I'm not certain if he should be praised or condemned. Only that he should be left alone.
1: So there is, you go.
0: This is the other thing. Um, Picard says, we have no law to fit your crime. And he says he doesn't know whether it could do. It's like, wh- what? He, he, you know, yes, you can understand his motivation, which is the mark of a really well-written character. But he did commit genocide. They don't have any law to fit that.
1: To fit the destruction of a species.
0: I mean, yeah, I understand the scale is bigger, but he's definitely
1: like, a murderer. What jail are they going to put him in? Well, that's a separate issue. But they're, uh, he's th- saying, like, this I like is his move. Big he's in his own choose. prison. He's in his own prison of regret, and uh, I
0: feel like that would have been better words to put to it. Instead of this is beyond my ability to judge.
1: Mm. Mm
0: -hmm. If only you'd been on the show, Matt.
1: Well, I do have this time machine. You've been coming up with a lot of good writing solutions lately. Uh, You know, maybe I'm just a uh, drama guy. Me too. I never knew it.
0: I want to be a drama guy too. Maybe I shouldn't say that on the
1: podcast.
0: (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, let's get into Matt figuring out who the MVC is.
1: Most valuable communicator wearer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Well, it's
7: the MVC. Yeah, the MVC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data, Riker, Troy or Dr. Crusher? Gotta fill the time with something at least until
4: season three.
1: seems pretty clear yes it is wesley what
0: ah! <laughs> um, there's nobody it's picard right there's nobody else who does anything in this episode. oh my
1: god picard is uh you know he's the captain uh, sherlock holmes of the of the 221b baker enterprise such a delight to
0: watch him in this episode he's really
1: I think a lot of the characters are just. I think
0: Michael Dorn is kicking ass in this episode. He's kicking ass. I well, think you know, Riker's doing I always
1: well. say it takes three seasons for a show to
0: figure out what it is. I've heard that. And I think, I guess it's also for the actors, beyond the fact that it's for the writers to figure out what the actors do well and then sort of pitch them fastballs right where they want it. It's also the actors gaining confidence and stop. You know, there's a certain fear from all positions when a show starts of this probably isn't going to last long. I got to prove myself. I got to make sure that everything's okay. And then by the third season, I think it's finally like, all right, I know what I'm doing. I'm the show's hanging around for at least a little while, and it allows you to like a great athlete just ease into great performance.
1: Yeah, and they uh, they got there. Or some other method of ranking, we're working on it. Matt, you want to go first? Uh, I think I like this episode less than you do. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> using my normal scale, mm-hmm. uh, my, uh, my Matt Myra scale of I'm flipping the channels, am I going to watch this? Well, the answer is for a little bit, but not for that long. Oh, I don't know if you said whether they should watch this episode. Yeah. <laughs> they should watch it. I think people, I think it's a good episode. Okay. Um, but I would give it probably, for me personally, Yeah, I'd give it five and a half, Andes. Five and a half. A little above average for me.
0: Uh-huh. For me. I gotta say, I'm in a little bit of a tizzy, because I understand what you're saying, um, but this, to me, is exemplary of the of the thing that I, that has been promised to me about what the show could become. I loved watching Michael Dorn. I love watching Patrick Stewart, just that stuff on the bridge. It's got battle scenes. The mystery is set up well, right from the teaser and then really well written in its reveals. Uh Um, There could have been a little bit more, you know, development and, and the Troy stuff is like, okay, I understand why that's there, but It's always a little bit unsatisfying, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, just a really good episode, so I'm going to give it 7.5.
1: 7.5 Andes,
0: wow. I really thought it was a solid episode all around.
1: Well, let me tell you, there's some solid episodes on the horizon as well. Uh, Next week's episode will be Who Watches the Watchers? And here is the trailer.
7: On the next episode of Star Trek, The Next Generation. A tragic accident exposes the crew to a savage alien race.
2: Crusher Enterprise. Medical emergency.
7: Riker leads a secret mission to save a dying team member.
2: Riker, stop! We will keep Troy captive.
7: But Picard must sacrifice his life for Troy. He will kill me. Father, no! On Star Trek,
1: The Next Generation. see that andy but picard took an arrow to the chest
0: oh crazy yeah yeah i thought i
1: heard the distinct sound of an arrow entering a chest cavity by the way that trailer terrible oh yeah not at all what the episodes about oh interesting well don't they you know that's what a trailer is uh this is a this is an episode that really gets into the nitty-gritty of the prime directive yeah so exciting exciting stuff on the horizon uh, Andy? Yeah. Uh, that's it. Do you have anything else?
0: I don't think I do. Oh, just uh, since the Patreon is now happening, we're going to be figuring it out. And uh, and there are a lot of suggestions within the Patreon mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. emails that I haven't sorted through yet. So we'll have to figure out what we're going to do on the Patreon. Well, a lot of people have been mentioning... <laughs> The, uh, th- that they're sad to see the Maurice Hurley <laughs> impression go and some people have suggested uh, Patreon's just Maurice Hurley it's just him talking about the episode which I don't I have a feeling that's gonna wear thin awful fast well, maybe it can be a section
1: well I mean uh, to, in order for that not to wear thin you'd have to be some kind of um Ma- master improviser, oh, you know Jesus someone who's had Christ. a lot of experience oh, on the stage, just so improvising. Much. So, if Andy, if we know anybody like that who could also, you're do. a terrible
0: person. I would have fired you in season one if I could do it. If the cuckoo bird wasn't in charge, cuckoo bird. <laughs>
1: uh, that's really his greatest contribution to this podcast is the word <laughs> cuckoo <bird. laughs> it is are um, going to do a little more research on maurice hurley if, if
0: people want more of the it's a very paper-thin impression to be honest with you
1: should we go to the wga library and see if we can pull everything written by maurice hurley <laughs>
0: that would be amazing I just do
1: live readings of scripts in his voice <laughs> just read every, the- every character is his voice interior bank the criminals Crockett and uh, Tubbs approach (laughs) disengaged